Thank you for tuning in to another episode of We Hear Man. Since you're listening, you've probably noticed we're everywhere. Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, just to name a few. But we need you all to be sure to subscribe and give us your reviews. Let us know how you like the show. And if you can't give five stars, reserve judgment for another day. But thank you again for listening. And remember, we human. your girl Nella B. This your boy CV. And we here, man. We here, family. So how's it been going this week? It's been going. Uh, yeah, that's how it's It's Monday. Too. I mean, I, when we're recording, I mean, by the time you guys get this, it'll be Wednesday. But I know. So we track from Thursday to Monday. That's our week. <laughs> well, the weekend was cool. I ain't do shit. <laughs> the weekend was real cool. I got to go visit my grandmother in a little town called Sheraw, South Carolina. We call it the prettiest town in Dixie down here. And I really feel like I got to reconnect and ground myself. Um, I went out to the cemetery and where my dad is buried. And I feel like I got to see his spirit animal. There's a spider there. I was going to crack a joke about your town, but then you start talking about your daddy and got sentimental. See, shit, what, so. see you was going to say some stuff you ain't had no business yeah, saying, basically. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. But I got to, um, my son was making fun of me because I was like, there's a spider and it brushed up against me. And I really feel like it's my dad's spirit animal. And I could see him looking out the side of his eye like, yeah, ma, your dad's yeah. spirit animal. Whatever. Yeah, if that shit bit you. <laughs> then I would have gotten then superpowers. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm led to believe. But it didn't bite me. That's why I really think it was my dad like coming. You should have brought it home and made it a pet. No, I think it only works out in the cemetery. Okay. <laughs> well, today. Hey, family, we have a special guest on the line all the way from Puerto Rico, which I'm super excited about. Um, We have the creator of Her Holistic Path on IG. Look her up. Miss Olivia, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Olivia. (laughs) I'm doing so good. How are y'all doing? We're doing good. So I I need to ask you before we get started. My dad's spirit animal, right? Like, you feel like if I was there and the spider didn't bite me, it had to be my dad, right? Oh, for sure. But all spiders don't bite, right? But all spiders also don't sit there calmly. It's it's just the timing. timing. It's the timing. Like, the spider was right there. I'm going to let her be great and believe that. (laughs) I'm just let it be great. I mean, it didn't even move. Like I tried to blow it off of the headstone, it didn't move. It was, it was right there. Yeah, that shit probably was more scared that you were going to kill it than you. Then it should have ran away. <laughs> so CV's right. over here trying to drink out of an unopened water bottle. So we'll okay, just don't put that shit out there. We'll just get video. right into things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let I'll let our listeners know how I came across um, her holistic path. 
I was um, not doing my job yep. and yep. <laughs> and looking at um, <laughs> news articles on MSN, and I came across this news article from People, and it talked she big about time, y'all. She I know People's kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> and it talked about this mom. A little bit, a little bit. bit. You you kind of a big I'm deal. Right, so I appreciate right. you coming on the show. Um, but it talked about a mom sharing a contra- a controversial post. Um, about how people don't teach you to love a child you didn't plan, right? That I, need, I needed that lesson. That really hit my soul because <laughs> um, I did it. We did a show where I talked about a parent's love for their children being automatic, or a child's love to the parents being automatic, and I got a lot of feedback from that. You know, nothing too negative, but people saying that's not the case for everybody. So so tell us, like, what was the catalyst for you writing this post that got major attention? Um, the catalyst was basically, I was reflecting on my journey of motherhood. Um, my daughter is two years old, and you know, I've been in the game for a couple of two years. So I'm like, okay, let's see how long we come. And I just was starting to think about how my parenting decisions were looking like. And I was doing a lot of research in parenting and philosophy. And I came across this book that talked about how a lot of the times our parenting decisions come from a place of being wounded. So our inner child Mm -hmm. is wounded. And so we are triggered by our children and what they do. And it's a little bit of a cycle. And so I was just thinking about all of that stuff and, like, the things I've healed from, the things I had to heal from. And those words just kind of fell out of, of my heart. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to just put this on Instagram. Where else am I going to put it? <laughs> right. It, it was a very candid look at... All of those things you just said, like, you know, we have some unresolved trauma or unresolved uh, issues in relationships. So, I mean, with that being said, do you feel like that connection or lack thereof was impacted by the way you were raised? Um, For sure. And I think it's not just, I don't want to say that, put it in my mm-hmm. but I would say um, how I was brought up within a society and how I had a very specific program to believe how I should have my life ordered. I have an older sister who is uh, 13 years, I think she's 13, 13 years wow. older than me. So I saw her go to college, graduate, date, marry, have a baby, have another baby. So she was like, the prime example of what I was supposed to do. And I kind of did things in complete reverse. So I think it definitely has to do with just the way the society is and the way that we value people doing things in order like that and the way that we shame people who don't do it in that way. Wow. Yeah, we definitely were out of order. I mean, we we had our son, so we met. Well, we knew each other a little bit, like kind of, maybe, I don't know. Um, we knew of each yeah, other. Yeah, we knew of each other for the most part. <laughs> and then we, uh, I had, you know, had to slide in the inbox. And then, like, we, and then we Uh-oh. had that first date sex. <laughs> and, I mean, legitimately, what, like two months later, she was pregnant. Yeah. 
and we didn't really even know each other that well. And uh, there was a lot. It was crazy. It was a crazy time for me because, like, my grandfather was sick. He actually passed away, like, maybe, like, two months, two months into her pregnancy. Um, and it was just a whole lot going on, like, with me being there for my family and all of that. And then I was just like, yo, my whole world is changing right now. My grandfather was like my dad. Like, he was the one who kind of raised me. So that, you know, that was a, a huge hit. And I just remember that whole year, I was just like, yo, like, I'm going to have to be a father to somebody. And I didn't know what the hell to do. And I had a lot of feelings about, like, do I really want to do this? I had no damn choice. <laughs> but, it, yeah. It, it's funny because you you are 13 years younger than your older sister. And I have a sister 13 years younger than me. And I and not, <laughs> not until you know. just said that. Did I like realize, oh shit, she might be looking at what I'm doing. She might be. And I'm making this up. I'm totally making this <laughs> up as I go along. Yeah, we don't know shit. <laughs> so, like, what um did you experience this post would of course make people think, oh, well, she experienced some type of postpartum. Um, did you have any postpartum after you had your your firstborn? Or what was that experience like after you had her and your trying to figure out what do I do next? Right. So I don't like to say I experienced postpartum depression for two reasons. Number one, I never was clinically diagnosed. So I never went in and got actual analysis done. Um, And two, I think that we have to find some more language to describe what it's like to be a mother in a society that doesn't support mothers. You are completely alone doing what used to be the work of a whole village of right. Um, I think we need more language that describes what that exhaustion, both physical and mental exhaustion, feels like. Because it's not just depression. Because I didn't feel like I was depressed. I felt like I am suppressed. Mm. Like, I can't go and do anything because like, I'm attached to this baby who's nursing and you know, at one point she wasn't taking a bottle, so I literally could not go anywhere for, you know, an indefinite amount of time. And that feeling, it didn't make me feel depressed. It just made me feel like I was repressing so much of myself that I used to express on a regular wow. basis, which was difficult. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I feel like you're expressing a lot of the same things that CV expressed. And I feel like it was so much more accepted coming from him to say, I don't know how I'm going to connect with this child. I don't know how I'm going to feel. than it was, you know, when you wrote this post, obviously, because I, I went and I read some of the comments and I was just like, wow, these people realize she's she's still a human being. She can read what you're saying. Um, <laughs> right. So, I don't know now. You can't say Tell that. Tell him again. But you know what, though? I don't think it would have been accepted if I said that. Because if I if I think as a male, especially a black male, um, I think that me having a chance to be in, in my child's life and me saying something that could be perceived as negative mm-hmm. of me not wanting to, you know what I mean? Like not, not really ready to accept the role. I think I, think I would get some lashback behind that. I'm not willing to test it. But I think, I do think. <laughs> right, come on, come on. But I, I, I feel like, I feel like you're absolutely right. We definitely need more language to describe what that's like and to um, somehow garner the support. Because 
I get I get what you're saying, CV. But when you think about it, were you working at this time when you had your daughter? When I had my, when I was pregnant, I was still in school. Oh. So my last year of school. Okay. All up until the last month of pregnancy. Hmm. I didn't even graduate yet. So I was in school and working. Um, and then I left at the end of the Man. semester. So my job was at my university. So I left everything, literally. Friends, job, school. And then went wow. home. Had my baby. And then from there, it was just kind of like... I don't know what's about to happen. My husband was working, and at that point, it was like, you know, for you to try to work and then put her in daycare, and she was like, mm-hmm. like taking a bottle like that, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that's, and he was traveling too, so we were like following him around. So, and and that speaks more. Yeah, it speaks, it was, it was yeah, that speaks more to that suppression because now you you got the suppression, the isolation of you know being a mom. And, but what, you know, what I was going to say is we live in a country where you don't even get adequate uh, maternity leave. You don't even really get a chance to um, create a bond because, you know, as you and I are discussing, I'm, I'm pregnant now and I'm, I'm counting down the days. Like, even though I'm ready for her to come whenever she's ready, I'm like, nah, but I need you to come. If you could come on the 11th so I could work out my days and come back after Thanksgiving, (laughs) you know, it's it's just, right. He, he has more paternity leave than I do maternity leave. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you're you don't really have maternity leave. You just have PTO. Right. I just have PTO. So like so now that you've been able to get that out, what has your relationship been like with your daughter? Can you walk us through like how that's evolved over her two years of life? Sure. So of course in the beginning, um, when they're so tiny like that, it's like you're in two emotional stages like you're either in that like staring at them and like oh my god you're so perfect or it's like two o'clock in the morning and you're like oh my god like return to sender absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so I'm not even like gonna like analyze that part but once she became a toddler and my daughter started walking at eight months so she was like active toddler mode from eight months, and that was tiring. But, you know, the evolution has been interesting because the older that she gets, the more I see her reflect mm-hmm. myself. And it's like, at some points, I get angry at that because those things that she's reflecting, sometimes mm-hmm. I don't like them. And I'm not automatically like, oh, you reflected me. I'm automatically like, come on, Ozara, like, why are you being like that? But as time goes on, I've been more, um, it's been easier for me to look at her and be like, that's not Ozara, that's you, <laughs> Olivia. So you need to change your behavior and get yourself a timeout. So it's been a journey and I'm not even going to pretend like, oh yeah, like it's all good now. It's all, you know, healed. No, like we're still yeah. working. But um, I would definitely say I feel much more, conscious in my approach I don't feel like I'm doing everything perfect mm-hmm. I still have my times where I'm like I need a break but I definitely feel like 
I've got more mindfulness to my right. And and that is a very those are very powerful words that you use consciousness and mindfulness. You know, I saw a meme that said 80% of parenting is being mad at your child for doing things that you do. And that is absolutely right. Like our son just got a note today that he talks too much in class. And I had to tell his father, like, every report card I've ever gotten since kindergarten said Jessica talks way too much. Um, so I, you know, <laughs> I raised him to be articulate and to be able to say how and he feels and ask questions, you know, and, and you know, question everything and, and investigate but I never said to him, hey, there's going to be a time where it's not appropriate to do that. And so I I told him, I said, today, now you're learning. There's not a there's a time where it's appropriate and there's a time where it's not. So he first thing he said, well, am I going to get a spanking? And I said, no, you're going to pick your punishment. Like, I, I will follow your lead on this. How do you want to do it? And he said, OK, no TV, because I can't I cannot punish you for doing what I taught you to do what I what I modeled for you to do so that's it's really important as parents that we are more mindful of where they're getting these these traits because the kids are watching exactly and I think that's so It's just like, oh, this on your report card? Like, okay, you getting the beating and you ain't getting no That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, boy, my, my wife over here on this, um, these uh these colonizers playing. <laughs> boy, I had a ready kid. I'm like, yeah, did she read but you know you know what it's not the colonizers plan you know one thing i love about the cosby show and why i say you know regardless of what bill did that show has value is it really taught black people about alternative punishments you don't have to spank your child for everything i feel you right you're right but it's it's a lot of science to it honestly um because I've looked into this, and there's a lot of transgenetic mm-hmm. trauma that Black people hold on to back mm-hmm. from slavery. And if you think about it, like, the way that they controlled slaves was through fear, and they instilled that fear by, you know, beating us and torturing us. And, like, if you look in the Black community, we take some of those same exact practices, like, go get a switch off the tree, go pull your pants down, let me beat you with a belt, like, that's straight mm-hmm. out of slavery. So <laughs> if you think about it, it's like we reinforcing what the colonizer gave to us to control us and then, you know, raising these little children that are living and in constant fear. fear so much because they don't want to be beaten. <laughs> it's not how yeah. in, in my in my humble opinion. No, I, I totally agree and and um you know, I we so I'm gonna be honest, we are family, we do that we do both. That's not our first resort though, because exactly what you just said, you know, slaves would opt to beat their own children because they didn't want the master to do it so much harder and so much worse. And so that's what we started doing. I'm gonna punish you physically before the government can punish you physically. And I I, I see the logic behind that, but then at the same time it's like but the punishment got to fit the crime. And if he's talking and he's talking because I taught him to be so, 
<laughs> I can't. No, nah, he was born like that. <laughs> I can't justify. Like I, our son started talking really early, and people were like, "He speaks so well." Well, I stayed home for nine months with him, and I had no adult contact. So yeah, he speaks like a little adult, and I can't be mad at him for that. So it it is what it is. Um, I mean, and, and you know, while we're on that topic, one of the things you mentioned in your post. Um, you, you mentioned like, as we heal, we help, we help our ancestors to heal. And you, you spoke a little bit about your relationship with your mother, how you can't put it all on her, but do you feel like your revelations have kind of helped, um, maybe older people in your family or older people around you to change their viewpoints on, on motherhood or maybe be more honest about motherhood? I would definitely say so. Like, this would be probably my favorite question <laughs> because um, after the post, um, you know, went to many different blogs and stuff, I had a handful of people email me and um, DM me. And the first line of those messages were, I'm 53 years old, I'm 60 years old, I'm 70 years old, and the things you said are things that I've carried for a long time and never would have expressed. And those made me, like, really know for sure, like, there are older people out here, you know, our grandparents are out here, who, even in their old age, they can hear something like that and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Like, I can even, you know, change my thinking around how I felt as a mother. Just, be- I mean, my grandmother... She watched one of my interviews and she was like, yeah, I love it. Like, you know, keep going. But my, my grandmother is a little bit different. So. That's cool, though. Like, it's, it's good to see you change the narrative. Because I, I think I think it's important that people know that, you know, you're, you're human and you have a range of emotions and it's okay to express that. It's, it's ridiculous that anybody would have even, you know, came at you sideways for expressing how you feel. What you what you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> she looking Sorry, at he's, she's he's looking so at me rude. Weird. I'm just looking at him ask the question and he or <laughs> he's like, What you looking at? Why you looking at me? <laughs> um <laughs> But I definitely think that the messages we receive as young girls um uh, really shape the way we are supposed to feel about parenthood. One of the you know, the reason your post really struck me is that being pregnant and not enjoying it is almost a crime. Like people are like, don't you know how many women would love to be in your position? And I'm like, great. Why didn't they volunteer to carry this baby? Because I, I, (laughs) yo, I really hate when people say that it's almost the equivalent to saying like, Oh, you know, I don't feel like going to work today. Like, and then somebody comes and they're like, well, don't you know it's a bunch of people in the hospital who's sick and they can't go to work? It's like, this exactly. has nothing to do with, with me. Don't like, you know if you were still happy to go to work, they'd still be sick? Like, you know, I'm, I'm praying for them, but they, no matter right. what. And so the thing is, is, it's like, I'm grateful for this life because we kind of struggled with some infertility issues um, after our son, like, Because our son was a miracle. He wasn't supposed to happen according to modern medicine. But uh, we worked for this baby. But that doesn't mean that I am happy about it 24-7 when I am 
throwing up, I have my head in a toilet or, you know, I can't control my stomach pains. That doesn't mean that I'm like jumping over the moon. But when I say anything about it, people attack out the gate. And so when I saw this post, I was like, yes, ma'am, you're absolutely right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I agree. Like, why do people feel like they had, well, I mean, I, I, mean, I kind of say the same thing. I'd be like, man, you signed up for this shit. Oh, he does. He's, like, he's worse. <laughs> Look, I, I no, because like, I'm just like, dude, you, you wanted me to get you pregnant. I'm going to, I'm going to need you to take the complaining over there. Cause it's like every, every day. You know, so I just like because this man. this pregnancy has been so different from our from our son. I've been sick pretty much all the time, and I'm just again I'm ready when she is. But my gosh, yeah. I, I want her Does to be that helpful. Be a bad husband, Olivia. <laughs> Go ahead, you can say it. I mean, I'm not going to say you're a bad husband because I don't even know you like that. But but this is what I will say. Back to the way that we are conditioned. You know, when we look at the movies and the TV shows and all that stuff, like, thinking so emotionally mm-hmm. one-dimensional. Like, if you look at these Disney movies, it's like, okay, the girl kisses the guy, and then they fall in love, and then it's, you know, happy ever after. But it's like, it, it really is a crime to have emotional mm-hmm. dynamic, even though that dynamic is healthy. And, I mean... At the end of the day, if you a dude, I'm not taking any comments from you about pregnancy. Zero. <laughs> I agree. I, I always say if we want marriages to last and we want families to grow together, we have to start to teach our boys to aspire to marriage the same way we we teach our girls and teach our boys to be nurturing and loving towards their children like we teach girls. Because... It, you're right. It, it's absolutely one-sided. We are supposed to be the feelers, the nurturers, but where's our support with I that? I, I'm going to say this, and I know this might be off topic, but I really think that that's, I don't see that as the narrative anymore. I don't see that girls are being raised to be like nurturers or anything. And if that were the case, you would have been a cook and a cleaner. And when I met you, your mama was not that kind of girl. But in she different was, ways. No, man. No. No, 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 no. See, it's not just about the external. See, you're looking at the brick and mortar. Oh, you're not, you're not staying home cooking and cleaning all day. That's just the external, but it's the consciousness. It's the collective idea that the woman is the softer one and the man is the harder one. I, in my opinion, I just think that's an idea that we still have not completely ourselves. Well, I guess. I mean, so the external for most dudes now, we ain't... I mean, most dudes I know within our generation are not as handy as, like, my uncle from back in the day. He can fix any damn thing, right? (laughs) And then... But he don't know a damn thing about a computer. I think it's just kind of relevant to the times. But I don't know, man. I, I do think that... I do think now, like, it seems like the narrative that's being pushed towards girls or women as they're coming up now is to be more sexually free and also to not be ashamed of their sexuality and to explore that and almost be more like what we would say what a man used to be back in the day. So I don't think it's being like pushed as much to be, I mean, at least through the media, I'll say that I'll speak for the media's point. I'm going to let Olivia say her piece on that and then out. 
I'll jump in. Do you have any any input on what he just said there? Um, it depends on what media. Maybe I'm consuming too much trash. <laughs> I feel like, and, and, and listen, like here's the thing: it's not it's not just a one a one dimensional thing. Like as far as are men handy, are they strong, are women soft, are they you know cooking and cleaning, like. I'm just thinking about the the shows that I see on reality TV and how like women are still feeling like they have to be scantily mm-hmm. clothed, breast out, <laughs> makeup, weave, nails, all this, and then you turn to the guy and the guy looks like, when the last time you even got a shape up? And that's the type of thing where it's like. We, we we want our women to be like dolls, perfect with right. the Barbie dolls. Not I, I. I don't think that. And then the men get to just be rough. Well, we work together, cool. so I do give him that. But, <laughs> you know, you know, um, Olivia mentioned earlier, basically the epigenetics, which is like passed down trauma experiences in the black community. And and you mentioned my mom, like my mom didn't, she wasn't a cook, clean, that type of thing. But one thing my mom always told me, message right or wrong, and I'm sorry, mom, if you happen to listen this one time, message right or wrong, my mom said, some people cook in the kitchen, some people cook in the bedroom. So that's where we put our value. And it was always oh in the bedroom, you make a man feel like a man. That to me, unfortunately, was the message I received. <laughs> that was the message I received about being a wife. And I never went hungry. You know what I mean? Like, we ate out. I could order okay. off the top-notch menus with the rest of them. So, I never thought, oh, I'm eventually going to have to feed my kid. <laughs> like, I can't do all these other things. So, some of the messages that women are receiving about being wives and being mothers are skewed because of that that trauma that has been handed down in the value systems that's been handed down you know to them so i'm i'm look yeah, not knocking it <laughs> so and even go ahead even when you look at births even when you look at births like this this is a prime example for me because when a woman walks into a hospital like she basically is supposed to relinquish mm-hmm. her autonomy and do whatever the doctor said. And typically, a lot of times, the doctor mm-hmm. is a male. And so can you just imagine taking your unborn child and your wife, and you? this is what you're literally saying, have your way with her. Her body is now yours. You can cut her, slice her, stitch her up however you want to. And a lot of women are not giving informed consent. A lot of women are being pressured and bullied to do certain things. This is happening in America. So for that dichotomy to exist in a pivotal moment of a woman's life where she's becoming a mother, I feel like that's a prime example when a man usurps his authority over a woman and says, no, you're getting a C-section or no, you're getting an episiotomy when you have a woman screaming in the back. No, I don't want that's the that's a classic so, example. Olivia, we still have this is a great place for us to go ahead and insert our rewind. So the rewind is basically where we go back and talk about um, past episodes that we've done. 
Yep. You bring up a great point. We had a interview with um, Home Sweet Home Birth, a lady by the name of Ann Margolez, and she talks a lot about helping women to reclaim their birthing experience. Um, and what you were just speaking about is basically institutional abuse. What What do you say about... Um, how women can go into the hospitals and reclaim that experience? So first of all, it has to do with, are you even going mm-hmm. to the hospital? So, you know, are do you have other options? Do you have a birth center? You know, can you have a home birth? And then if you are going to the hospital, it's two main ingredients for me. Number one is mm-hmm. education knowing what you're talking about because the way that a lot of medical providers get over on people is because they don't know and so it's like okay who's going to make the decision me the person who has no idea what you're talking about or you the person who's you know qualified to make a decision obviously you so you have to know you know what is an epidural why should i not get an epidural if i don't what is the thing that happened that would lead me up to getting an epidural? You know, you have mm-hmm. to know your facts. And then secondly, I would say you have to have somebody who can support you and advocate for you. That's why, you know, I always tell my moms, try to get a doula if you can. If you can't, like, there still needs to be somebody who you are, like, every month sending them information. Like, I need you to know this. I need you to know these facts. Because if I go in and this goes down and I cannot advocate for myself, I need you to step in. Right. I absolutely. So I definitely think those are the. And and I will say from my experience, um, we met with a midwife. That was our plan. The second time around, we wanted to do a home birth. And unfortunately, because of insurance and the way that, you know, just played out, we weren't able to. But it really taught me. She really encouraged us to ask questions and to get all up in her business, all up in her experience. And I was like. She's allowing me to do this. What makes a doctor any different? I'm going to go to the hospital and ask the exact same questions. So ladies, and I will say gentlemen as well, if you're escorting your significant other to um, her doctor's appointments, do not allow them to rush you through. Do not allow them to say um, any questions and you try to fumble around to figure it out. Go uh, with- she had a prepared list. <laughs> exactly. That shit was so funny. <laughs> Go into right. the doctor's office, have your questions pre- prepared. Um, if you can't, if you don't have your questions prepared and they ask you that, say, okay, can I just have two minutes to think of something and then ask them questions because they, we think just because they have this, this medical degree that they are gods and they are not, they're human and they make mistakes. Also having a detailed birth plan. You can Google that anywhere. And just like you said, sending somebody the facts and saying, Hey, I need you to have this in case you need to advocate for me. For me, I've, wrote out my birth plan, sent it to Carl, oh, sorry, <laughs> sent it to CV and just said, hey, should anything go awry? This is what I want done. Like, this is what I need you to know. So you're you're absolutely right. Like, our bodies are made for this. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Your body knows how to do this. Okay. And you have to, um, you have to be willing to look at the non-mainstream information. Like, for me, when I first started looking into birth, 
I really had to say, okay, this, you know, person might be telling me one thing, this doctor might be saying one thing, but is that factual? Is his information biased? Because a lot of people will even ask the doctors questions and the answers that they get are tainted Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't realize that, number one, like, hospitals and doctors are still being you know, educated under old formats, under old information and old research. Not all of them, but some mm-hmm. of them. So there's going to be, you know, that emphasis to look outside of your doctor, look on, look into different books where you can get a different. Right. So did you have natural births or, um, or like, or in the hospital or were you at home with yours? So with my first daughter, I went to a birthing center, which was a really good experience because um, I was living with family, so a home birth was just <laughs> <laughs> And I had a natural birth. It was it was pretty good. Looking back, I can say that in the midst of it. And then with my second, I did you know a lot of research. I had a natural birth with her. And I ended up at the hospital because we were actually in the car on the way to my big my oh, wife. Wow. And I was planning to birth at her place because she had like a whole thing situation set up for me. And I called her and she was like, okay, how many, how many contractions going on? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, just stay on the phone. And she can hear me like screaming like, ah. Oh. She's like, <laughs> just laughing like, Y'all not going to make it. Y'all need to go ahead. If y'all close to the hospital, just go to the hospital because the baby's going to come out of the car. <laughs> and she was born within like the next five minutes. Wow. Good call. Good call. <laughs> well, before we end today's interview, I, you know, I was thinking you were talking about things that dynamic and not being one-sided. And I totally forgot to ask you, how does your husband feel about your candidness? Look at that. I know. I Look totally forgot that. about the husband. He's there yeah, too, right? We just here. <laughs> How did your husband feel about the thoughts you shared um, about your, your daughter and, and your initial feelings? Yeah, it's funny um, that when I get asked this question, it's funny to me because like, I talk to him about this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, this is something that we've talked about so many times. He probably couldn't could have written that post for me. So it wasn't like he was surprised by any of the mm-hmm. things that I said. Um, he was more so just happy, like, you know, look at this impact you made. You've been talking my head off about this, you know, for a long time. And you, you know, helped other women see that side of motherhood. So I mean, he was happy about it. I mean, he was just like, you know. Let the interviews roll in. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm really glad that you you had that support. Um, I know when we were running down the structure, I was supposed to do the pit and the peak, and I just went ahead and jumped in. So, yeah, because she, you know, that's what she does. It, it, I'm gonna blame it on the pregnancy <laughs> and the scatterbrain of just that whole thing. <laughs> so, what would you say has been your high point and your low point of this week? And I know it's Monday, so think Thursday to Monday. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, let me start off with the, the pit. Okay. The pit is probably... 
Like, it's been cool. Well, that's good. That's we ain't going to force you to have a low point if you don't have one. <laughs> right. But I mean, any, <laughs> any time where I'm just like tired, you know what? I have a pit. I have a pit. So I've been having issues getting up. Like nighttime routine, mm. and you know, we have a, a little baby and a two year old. They be trying to like tag team in this bedtime. <laughs> so sometimes I have a daily pit of like, can y'all just go to sleep? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm about to pass out. <laughs> um, but I'll say my peak. Um, I'm gonna say my peak was going on my anniversary oh. trip. Oh, it was a surprise. And my husband tricked me. He told me he dropped a pin in some beach that we've never been to, and we just gonna drive until we find it. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then we pulled up to this <laughs> this nice little uh, hotel, and I was like, oh my gosh, like he surprised me, and I love surprises. That's so, what's up. That's awesome. And this podcast, I love podcasts. So. Awesome. Hey, we appreciate you saying that. You made me smile. We like to be people's bright spot. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, CV? You going to share? Me? I, um, Pitt, I mean, it's Monday, and I, I was not feeling the return <laughs> to work after a relaxing weekend. Um, but my, my peak occurred during the weekend. I took my little boy to Dave & Buster's, and like he loved it. Like His eyes lit up like... I don't know, like he died and went to heaven. <laughs> Dude, it was just it was just game after game after game. So he already made me commit to taking him back again. But but definitely is is dope just having that fun feel energy from him. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so my pit I didn't really I don't I don't know that I really had a pit. Um, I, I'm always going to complain about work. So I guess that, you know, whatever, um, I wish that CV would win the lottery and, um, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't play I don't really play. Like I play like when I remember, like if it's big, but my peak, um, would definitely have to be being able to go back to my hometown and just regroup and feel renewed. And of course, while CV and the little one were at Dave and Buster's, I got mama time. So that was great. Exactly. <laughs> That's going to be few and far between once the baby is here. So it is what it is. But Olivia, tell the people how to find you. Okay, so my main place is Instagram. I'm her holistic tag. And then I have the same name everywhere else. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Purple. Yep. And y'all be on the lookout for her. Definitely, if you are thinking about having children in the near, near future, she's going to help you to reclaim your birthing experience. Look up the People article as well, because this picture is perfect. Like, d- d- is this an old picture of you and your firstborn, or did you take that as you were posting <laughs> this post? <laughs> it's... You talking about the one yeah, the she's one where crying. you look like you over it, and she is like about to explode. She is not happy in this picture. <laughs> okay, so this one happened. I was like, we don't got no pictures together, me and both of them. I just got all like you know separate pictures. So I said, okay, let's take some pictures, put some cute outfits on, and I put the time on. And she got mad because I pushed the button. She wanted to push the button. So she started crying. <laughs> 
And that was like a month. That was a month ago. So it's buttons totally ruin relationships between children and parents. Like they always have to push the button. They so it just is what it is. But Olivia, thank you again for coming on, and we will definitely be keeping in touch with you. So uh, everyone out there listening, thank you so much. And remember, we here, man. We here.